Welcome to Unlimited Reality. I am your host, Lisa Zimmer, and I have a guest today I'm very, very happy to bring to you. He is a viral sensation. His wife, Amy Rosenthal, writer for the New York Times Modern Love Piece, wrote an essay as she was dying from ovarian cancer. A week before Amy died, the piece went viral, and her husband, Jason Rosenthal, is here today to talk to us a little bit about how this viral piece, how the experience, how the change of his life has completely changed where he is today from being an attorney. And Jason, I want to thank you so much for being on Unlimited Realities today. I know that this has been uh, quite a journey for you, and I want to thank you for coming and talking to our audience about what this journey has been like for you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, I know that um, this was this came at a time in your life with Amy that it was very unexpected, and uh, you were getting ready to, to make you know some new changes in your life. Your kids were going off to college, and Amy had some symptoms that took her to the hospital where she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, can we talk about a little bit about how how she handled that news? Because I can't imagine that's that's something that anyone can handle easily. Sure. Well, I mean, we we indeed were. We our youngest, uh, our daughter was just off to college, and uh, Amy was on a business trip, and uh, it was a short business trip to D.C. She called me from the road and said, "You know, I'm having these unusual uh, complications and pain in my." stomach and in my side and I called my doctor and she said that you should probably get me from the airport and take me to the emergency room and um, you know I have to say this is from a woman who I was married to for 26 years and who I literally am hard pressed to ever remember complaining about anything right right Um, and um, so we did that and uh, of course we got the most shocking news one could ever imagine that scenario um and I would say the answer to your question is that we handled it, she handled it um, in sort of typical Amy fashion. We got into a mode of really being positive and trying to figure out a way that we were going to get through it. And uh, we weren't exactly sure of the statistics at that point, but we just knew that um, it had to become our new focus in life. Right. And having three children, and you're such a close family, how how did you how did you approach that topic with your children? Oh, yeah, that was you know. I know. About uh, the the most difficult uh, experience one can imagine. It's probably right up there. And you know, as you said, they were all dispersed. So my oldest son was working in Dallas, and my little son was a college student in Atlanta and my daughter was just starting college in British Columbia and so we uh, set up a family conference call basically and explained the situation. Uh, We tried to make it a, uh, uh, we we tried to remain as positive as we we could be but also uh, as I think we have been throughout our lives with them, tried to be honest as well. Right, right. And, and this had to, you know, this, this took a period of time, you know, there's, 
it's one of those situations in life when you're in love and you're so happy and, and, and in this blissful state of life, the last thing you want is for someone you love to have anything happen to them, whether it's a car accident or an illness or whatever. And these kinds of life situations are, you know, they happen to all of us. And it's one of those things where you start in these stages of grief, I would imagine, even prior to the loss itself. Do you feel, um, you know, in, in that acceptance of the diagnosis, was the positivity enough to keep you going? Was it something that, you know, you were, you were finding a lot of, you know, good days and days she was feeling really good and days she was able to still, you know, enjoy life and things like that? Um, or was it a gradual decline? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. That's a good way to put it as well. But, um, you know, it immediately became a very, uh, certainly a emotional roller coaster, but the, the immediate issue was a, was a physical one. And so, you know, literally she had a major, major, major surgery within 10 days of that diagnosis. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so it became really just a um, mission to get her physically back to a place where she could start her treatment and see what would happen with the treatment in terms of uh, eradicating the, uh, the cancer itself. And so um, nothing was normal from that point forward, obviously. Right, right. But with Amy, who once she did get to a physical place where she could get back up on her feet, um, I wouldn't say there were quote-unquote you know, good days um, because nothing went back to that sense of normalcy. Right. And, and, and Amy, you know, is just a person who could get a lot done in a short period of time, always. You know, right. she could get done in an hour at a coffee shop, what I could probably get done in a week in my office. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, but so, uh, you know, she had a certain number of things that she was determined to finish from her work standpoint. She was in the middle of completing her second memoir. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was sort of it was sort of in that phase of um, um, the editing phase and various decisions that have to be made around that. Sure. And and then um, a couple of other of her children's books that she wanted to to complete, and then there was this one final piece of work that she wanted to get done, and that's what became uh, the essay that you opened the piece with. Right. I mean that. That had to be, um, it was such a beautiful piece and deserving, of course, to be viral <laughs> um, because it, it spoke so much from her heart and generosity and love to you as your spouse, your partner, your friend, your lover. I mean, it was, it was the most selfless piece um, you could ever read and and I could imagine that that was a little bit unnerving, a little on some level for you, a little bit overwhelming or, or you know, probably a, a mixture maybe of emotions because, of course, it's beautiful and such a gift of love. But then you're bombarded with <laughs> yeah. 
then you're bombarded with women who are actually taking her up on it while you're in the middle of grief. So, I mean, that had to be like a whole barrage of emotions, wasn't it? Definitely, sure, yeah. I mean, you know, when I first read the piece before we knew it was going to be published, I thought, well, you know, this is incredible, and I'm, I am very touched, like you said, uh, but I'm married to a writer, you know, and some, some of the things that writers write get published and others don't. So right, right. First of all, we had no idea that the, that the New York Times would accept the piece in the Modern Love column, and then uh, once we found out that it did, um, I still really didn't appreciate or understand, and I don't think Amy did either, by the way, what that really, really meant to me and to our family and to this path forward that you talked about. Um, but, uh, you know, it came out 10 days before she died, and so my focus was certainly on the end of her life and making her as comfortable as possible. And I did not really begin to appreciate uh, the outpouring until after after that. Well, how could but, you? But it quickly did come, like you say. I, I started to get just inundated mostly with, uh, uh, you know, correspondence, written correspondence and emails and things like that. So right. I wasn't in a position even then to appreciate um, all of the outpouring of what was really... Yes, it was from women, but it was really an incredible commentary on human beings in general and their generosity. Yes. Um, because most of what I received were really letters uh, of support, not just for me, but for my family, um, and encouragement, and shared stories of loss, um, and things like that, you know. Right, right. It's... It was really, really remarkable. It is, it is, you know, um, really empowering in the grips of despair and grief and, and hardship when we can really reflect on the beauty of, of human nature and how beautiful um, compassion shows up. Because it's, it's one of those places that I would imagine after the fact, um, you know, the piece goes viral. It's 10 days before... Amy passes, and you're you're in a state of shock, numb. You know, uh, it's just the the usual state after death, and you know, here's this viral piece taking a life of its own, and you know, this whole essence, this whole energy, literally transforms your life. Did you you know you 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 couldn't have known at that point how differently your life would look a year two years or so later is that true I mean you 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 came from a lawyer background and now you're inspiring people all over the world so it's you know not that you weren't inspirational as an attorney but (laughs) I'm sure you're you're touching so many lives on such depth and capacity that you know did you foresee a change did you start to see it tweak in did you start to see this show up as a a new trajectory for yourself or or was it just kind of like bam here it is um well thank you for saying those those nice things about what i'm doing now um and the answer in a word is no i i didn't in any way anticipate what my life would be like 
grief is very, very uh, intense and complex. And so, um, you know, what, what was unusual or I guess unique about my experience was that I was thrust into this public sphere that, you know, if you were to Google Jason B. Rosenthal before uh, this all happened, you would literally get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there was another Jason Rosenthal who was a lawyer in Chicago, and you probably got his office address. But um, seriously, I was very, I was, I'm, I'm relatively introverted to begin with, and I was not a public figure in any way. And so, um, you know, immediately I started to sort of swat away requests from the media to talk to me and things like that. Because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get sure. to that place. I didn't want to. I wasn't interested in right. the salaciousness of asking me already whether I was dating and, you know, was I married? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, literally I... within two months, I heard that question. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't really until about a year later after um, I decided to tell my story on the main TED stage that I began to take on this sort of, you know, new role in my life. Right, right. I realized that uh, the way I spoke candidly about issues, you know, end-of-life issues, about, uh, you know, my love story and about the whole experience and connected with so many people, not just on losing a spouse but on loss in general. Um, right. I, that I began to understand uh, that what I was doing was Oh yeah, your your TED talk was incredible. It really was an incredible TED talk. It was, it was uh, very very palpable. You you couldn't you couldn't listen or watch you and not feel uh, what you've gone through. I mean, uh, you know, on some level, definitely not in its in its full form. Um, you you know you, it was very generous of you because. Death is a is one of those topics that you know, if people are talking about it, um, a lot of people are either wanting to know more about the experience or they're a little bit afraid of it. So for you to share such an intimate journey allows people to look at death in a different perspective without the fear, but looking at it as a natural aspect of life. And, you know, we all, we all go through that road. Um, it's one of those topics that I really find is so, you know, undervalued in its, in its, in its importance, because it is something I think we need to discuss. We need to talk to one another, our, our loved ones about how, we want to die or what our values or importances are or, you know, all these wonderful things that that it, you shared in in many pieces here with Amy is as far as like, you know, you brought over musicians and you brought over loved ones to come visit with her and you you created such an incredible sacred environment for her that I would imagine these are these are such poignant pieces to share with people for, you know, in talking about death and in dealing with death because it's not an easy question. These aren't easy answers, but it's so very important. Um, I would say that what would you 
what would you share with the audience in regard to um, an important an important process for you that you're that you're glad you you did or something you gained in having gone through this experience something that you're you're glad that you um, experienced or felt or went through that they could benefit from well I've, I've come to a, a place where I, I certainly do appreciate you know what I the, the time that I had with Amy and many people that I've connected with who are experiencing really deep loss don't have that opportunity because you know the sudden death or a right quick, you know quick ending to a, a very beautiful life and so what I would encourage uh, your audience to do and some of the things I've been talking about is really just simply to talk, you know, while you're healthy, when you're able to do so. And that's not just about end-of-life issues, though we can get into that, but about what's important, uh, you know, and and what would happen if one of you was not around. Um, And for me, uh, and many of us, that means that we're interested in how are we going to be able to deal with our kids and, and teach them what the two of us have been teaching them, you know, our entire partnership. And right. I'm going to do that on my own. Do you have any advice for me? You know, what's important for me to convey to them for you or how you would convey it? You know, because that was one of the things that I was really concerned about. And, you know, still, frankly, it's been over sure. two and a half years, but this is a, this is a life of, um, you know, making decisions and having conversations with my kids that, you know, Amy was just so good at. And so um, I don't know that I ever got the specific answer, but I did get the encouragement to, from her to say, you know what, you have such a good connection with all of them um, that you're going to be okay. Right. And just that was so valuable to me. You know? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Because, you know, it when you're going through this experience, I imagine there's such an overwhelming uh, list of thoughts that it's hard to kind of almost compartmentalize what is important to focus upon. And of course, the kids being primary focus, um, you want to make sure you're doing right by them. But, you know, your connection with your family and your children shows up even in um, the book that you produced with Paris that was a compliment to one of Amy's books. Yes. And um, your book was Dear Boy. Amy's book was Dear Girl. And beautiful, beautiful, empowering messages. And, and you wrote Dear Boy with Paris. What a beautiful um, tribute. Thank you. Yes. You're no, welcome. It was, a, it was an incredible experience to work with her and um, to see that of one of your children, you know, right. it wasn't just the nepotism of, oh, this is Amy's daughter writing a book because Amy wrote books. This right. is someone who on her own um, is a gifted artist and has an incredible way with language and with words and is a, the way she thinks, you know. And so, sure. Um, she really is able to convey very deep messages with very few words and that's not easy to do. I think it's it's such a wonderful book and message for children, you know, to you can never have too much empowerment, that's for sure. That is definitely uh, a needed piece today. Now, let's talk about you are you started a foundation after Amy's death and it is in bringing information 
um, for others for ovarian cancer. And you're a very busy man. You're all over the place talking and and uh, speaking before all kinds of groups. Tell us a little bit about what's what's on the plan next. What's your next journey? What's your next focus? Sure. Um, if I could just tell you a little bit about the foundation. The foundation is called the Amy Cross Rosenthal Foundation, and we have a twofold mission. On the one hand, the niche is to raise awareness of early detection of ovarian cancer, um, because statistics show that early detection of this disease could potentially result in a 90% survival. Wow. You know, but what's, what's the problem is, is that it's typically discovered in the late stages because the signs and symptoms are sort of familiar signs and symptoms to women, A and B. Women are a lot tougher than us guys, and so they just think, ah, you know, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're trying to raise awareness not only for women, but for healthcare providers like family practitioners to help Great. get this thing done, you know, get it, get it discovered sooner. Good. Um, and then we're doing some child literacy, child literacy programs as well. We've donated tens of thousands of books to kids in need. Oh, wow. Wow, that's great. That's great. And you're speaking uh, to many forums and many people on uh, grief and your journey and bringing a tremendous amount of healing, I imagine, along along your path. How has this uh, transformed you? I mean, it, it has to have been uh, do you feel like you're you're you you're starting to feel a new normal? Is there like a new routine that's that's come into your life? How how do how do things feel now to you? Yeah, sort of yes and sort of no. I mean, I am still doing um, a lot of new things. You know, I am. I think, as you know, uh, I've written a memoir that's going to be published. Oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and so I'm really in the, in the throes of, you know, editing that and have some deadlines to uh, meet in terms of getting that, all that done. Oh, that's great. Um, I have had, you know, like you said, uh, incredible opportunities to speak all over the world on, you know, my story. Like you say, it's about love, it's about loss, and it's about resilience. Right. Right. We all need that. We all need that. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it's transformed and morphed as my life has morphed over the last two and a half years from my TED Talk. And so there certainly is a message now more of, you know, hope and resilience, um, even though I do approach issues, end of life issues and, and talk about loss a lot because, A, I think it's important and B, because it resonates with people. Right. Right. And do you find that there's a new normal for you now? It's a good question. I mean, I am living my life. I I mean, I'm taking my life. I know it sounds a little cliche, but it's really, really true. I I sort of appreciate each day as it comes. And um, I know even with this book coming out that that may last a certain period of time. And then we'll see what's next, you know. Wonderful. So normalcy, I don't know how to answer that. Right. I don't know if any of this is... (laughs) I think that sounds great, you know, and what is normal, right? It it morphs every day. (laughs) Well, this has been a great, great uh, talk, Jason. I really appreciate you coming on Unlimited Realities and sharing your journey with the audience. 
Um, I look forward to your memoir coming out, and I hope that you'll come back on the show and talk to me when it does. You bet. Oh, great. I really look forward to that. And have a very blessed holiday season, and I look forward to talking to you in the new year. Thank you so much for coming on Unlimited Realities. My pleasure. God bless. Bye-bye.